Hello, it's Penny Meganson from The Meganson Method, and welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts. In this episode on overcoming addictive behaviors, I'm joined by Tracy Chilati. She's a personal trainer and transformational life coach, and we're going to be discussing the thoughts and mindset behind addictive behaviors from eating disorders all the way to drug addiction. And so we're also going to touch on some of the Uh, methods that help overcome these behaviors. So let's get started. Hello, Tracy. Thanks for joining. How are you? I'm great, Penny. How are you? Great, great. So um, transformational life coaching and personal training. So what moments in your life sort of led you to the work that you're doing now? Um, I've always had a passion for fitness, that's for sure. From the time like, I was 15 onward, I was an athlete in school and I just love, love, loved um, anything to do with movement of the body. And uh, yeah, so I was definitely, I watched my mom. My mom was always on her bike, went for a run um, and she played baseball. So we went with her wherever she went. So she created really excellent habits in that way. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So what led me to certified life coaching? So the other part of that is, is that, um, uh, my dad was, um, actually an alcoholic when I was little. And, um, so even though, uh, there was that one side, there was the other side of, and, you know, I know my mom tried to make sure everything was stable as possible in the, you know, in the household. That's why she probably was so active and we lived on a farm and it was, you know, there was a lot of fun times, but there was also a lot of uh, abuse, physical, uh, mental, emotional. Um, yeah. So I've seen a lot of things in my life and I, when I was, uh, I just noticed that I, I know that I was a sugar addict when I was younger. I was always looking for some sort of high to, to change my state, right? Because I noticed my feelings and, and that transpired into an eating disorder. I remember watching one of my friends throw up her food and I thought that's, that's my solution. I'll never be fat. I'll never have to put like, <laughs> and so I be, I was a bulimic till I was um, off and on, but I, I, when I was in college, it was um, very serious and I sought help from a psychiatrist. You know, I tried um, different like hypnotists, and anything actually, psychotherapists. And um, uh, fast forward, I ended up getting a job in, in Toronto and that actually helped me a lot. That was an opportunity. And um, I met the man of my dreams there <laughs> and he became my husband. And then after I quit my job, I knew I knew there was I, I had to deal with my the demons inside because things were coming up and it was very uncomfortable. So I, I searched up eating disorders and I came across 12 step groups okay. where my journey began in the 12 steps and the 12th step is giving back to the community so god right away started sending me a lot of women so i started working with women right off the bat and that helped me tremendously and step three is turning your will and your life over to the care of god as you understand him so um i i was actually because i was hungry for spirituality i knew that that was the answer because i seen people in front of me transform i seen a happiness and a peace in these people that i wanted so badly because here 
I had, I was this beautiful young lady and got tons of attention that way, but I was so messed up inside and, and I just, you know, I had money. My, my husband at the time was very well off and I was like, I didn't understand it. Like here, I've got all the money I want, you know, I've got the looks, but I am like, there's, I have these, these, you know, I have to deal with this. So that led me on the journey and um, through the grace of God, I, I recovered uh, before my first child was born. What would you say was missing at that time? So like what limiting beliefs did you have? What were those demons that you were talking about? Can you identify any of that? So lack of control in, Mm -hmm. lack of control in my thoughts, lack of of control with substance. It could be alcohol, um, even shopping. When I was, I worked in an organization, there was a lot of men, like I, it was just, everything was, I was an addictive personality and it, you know, to the point of, you know, it was destroying me physically, mentally, and emotionally. So I needed, I needed God, honestly, that hole was empty and there was only one thing that was going to fill it. And it was a higher power and, um, having spirituality in your life. Yeah. Big time. Okay. Um, what do you think, um, your thoughts were about yourself at that time? Um, when you were going through all of this, especially uh, when you were at the sort of pinnacle moment of your eating disorder and all these addictive behaviors. What do you think, what were the thoughts that were going on for you? Definitely self-sabotage, like self-destructive thoughts, um, hatred of self, um, hopelessness, desperation. That is the mind of a true addict. If you're, cause there's three types of addicts. Well, there, there's actually only one type of addict, but there's the first person is a person that can leave it or leave it alone, take it or leave it. The second person is very much like an addict, but at some point things get so bad that they can somehow stop. But if you're a real addict, you can't stop no matter what. And only a power greater than yourself is going to restore you to sanity. Okay. What sort of questions um, could the, the listeners sort of ask themselves if they feel like things aren't quite balanced and maybe they feel a bit out of control um, just so that they know that maybe they should be seeking help? Um, just any, like, if, if any destructive, self-destructive habits, like, obviously, like, even, like, overeating, people that overeat to excess binging um, on alcohol or needing a substance at all times to help them cope with life problem issues. Like, are you out of control in these areas? Are you dependent on someone or something? Mm -hmm. That's the questions I would ask. Okay. Um, And why do you think it's so difficult to break these behaviors? I, because they've, it's, you cross a line. I've, I work with, I've worked with addicts, the worst kind, right? You know, like I will say that I am one of them. I know the difference between someone that's crossed the line and someone that hasn't, because the one that hasn't is still able to get on. Somehow, some way, they function. They're functioning. Um, you could say addicts, but are they really addicts? Because they're still functioning at a high level. Until they become completely hopeless and desperate, they're not really considered um, a true blue addict, if you understand what I mean. I'm sure you do. Yeah. 
but on all those levels, they probably are needing help. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your life has become unmanageable. And that's step one, admitting that. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes because you don't want to give up your will. You don't want to have to depend on a power. A lot of people don't like, they don't like that idea, but they get beat up so bad, their mind opens, <laughs> right? And so you think it's really about control or do you think it's lacking something in your life or is it a mix of things? Mix, definitely mix. Okay. Um, okay. And so what do you feel is the solution? Um, I, you mentioned the 12 steps. We can talk about those or do you think that there are a few that really stand out? Um, I definitely think the foundation, if you're a real, real addict or even have addictive tendencies, I think the 12 steps is a phenomenal foundation mm-hmm. to start, like to get that because um, I, I feel that if you want to move forward, we like we've got to grow. We've got we've got to become better. Um, of course, nutrition, fitness. Um, like I know you do tapping, meditation, um, all the breath work. All these things help tremendously. But in the twelve steps, you look at yourself and you look at your own defects. And when you um, you know acknowledge them and admit who you are and ask God to help you with that side of it. And, and, you know, what I do is like, God, please change this in me. Because if there's something I don't like about myself, I, I ask God for help. Please change me. And I also feel that forgiveness is key um, with not only just an addict, but anyone. It's forgiving yourself for the mistakes that you make, uh, you know, even on a daily basis, but forgiving others. Because by forgiving others, we are forgiven and then we have peace in our mind and peace Absolutely. yeah is the most important thing yeah so, so i do a lot of emotional freedom te- um technique tapping and uh, that's one of the key elements it's always a mix of sort of self-acceptance and and um uh just what you said um being at peace and not having sort of hostility towards yourself or to anyone else um, and so a lot of what we do is sort of figuring out um, those sorts of those parts of you that you either need to accept um, or just um, being able to forgive yourself or forgive someone else. And um, and you're absolutely right. It really frees you and, and you're not holding on to that. And, I, and that probably is a huge element of um, addictive behaviors. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, with, with a few people with eating disorders. And um, I think that's really... Um, a huge hole for some people and and a need to control because of this feeling that they're holding on to. So absolutely. Um, I also yeah. think that community is very important to have a support system around you that you yeah. know, I'm sure you've heard that you become like the five people you hang out with, right? So you want to make sure those five people you're learning from, they're lifting you up, they're motivating you to become better, they believe in you and they're like, yes, you can do this. So Community is so important, like the people you hang with. Yeah, and really, if if you look around and you're honest about the community that you're with, and if they're not empowering you, being able to step out of that and find new people, uh, I think that that's really important for some people. And when you're really feeling stuck, or you want um, the way that you are, you really do have to change that circle sometimes, and that's hard for people, especially yeah. when it involves family. 
and your family are the reason that's keeping you down, being able to step out of that and try and get out of your comfort zone and into a new um, community. It's, it's absolutely true. Um, I and I like that, that you become the five people that you're closest to. Yeah, I agree. I find that creating healthy boundaries also and being able to say no when you need to say no. That's also mm -hmm. a big, um, you know, that's that was huge for me, being able to say no to people that I need to say no to, to just to protect myself and um, to stay healthy. I have to, I, I have to hear this yesterday um, because I am a mother of four, um, that you're constantly giving, right? But if you don't put that oxygen mask on yourself first, you're not really able to help anyone. So you got to take care of yourself and then in that when you're when you feel like your tank is full that's what i do every single morning i fill my own tank yeah. and then i'm able to give to others but if that tank is half you know half full or empty i can't give to no one and yeah, I'm of course of course yeah happy mom equals happy kids and happy family i think <laughs> and i think we forget that um and what you were saying about setting boundaries absolutely i think uh, there are so many people that are just giving, giving so much of themselves and um, and they don't know when to say no and when to stop. Um, and and it is that not having those uh, boundaries that leads to needing to control something else, some other area of your life, because you're just letting everybody else be in control. Where if you chose boundaries and felt like you had control over your, your life of saying no, saying yes when you want to say yes, and those sorts of things, um, you wouldn't need this element of controlling what you're eating or how much exercise you're doing or other aspects of your life. Um, so definitely, I think setting boundaries is huge for everyone. Um, I, I, I just remember like when I was like, go, 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 like I needed to shift because I was so depleted, I didn't even realize. And sometimes I, women, especially when they're mothers, they they don't even realize like what they're, they're feeling. They think this is normal to feel bad is normal almost. They don't realize that they can actually feel better. So there are definitely certain things you can do mm -hmm. to, to, to feel better. And you gotta know that you can, you, there's always better. And you should strive for that every single day. Yeah. I mean, you know this with your personal training. I find um, it's always worth it to get up earlier in the morning and have that me time and have it, have it include some sense of spirituality, uh, meditation, something like that. Fitness, going for a jog or a walk or something like that, getting fresh air uh, before you the day starts with everybody else. And then it becomes all about everyone else, the family, the kids, you know, <laughs> life happen. Um, but just taking that moment for yourself is so empowering and it makes the whole day a better day. It makes you more energetic and you do twice as much and half half the time. Oh, and, I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So what other bits of the 12-step program um, uh, stand out for you? Uh, what other advice would you have to someone who's feeling like they're just not quite in control of uh, certain behaviors or they have behaviors that they want to let go of and they can't? I would say to start journaling, definitely, your feelings. Because you need an outlet. And sometimes talking about it too much with too many people, that can actually have a negative effect. So I, you know, this is what I teach definitely is that to write it down, 
get rid of all your feelings on paper. Mm-hmm. And, and then I go a step further. I'm, I'm like, okay, God, please forgive me for these thoughts. And please help me to forgive that person. If you have resentments or if you have fears, you just say, God, please remove these fears. Direct my attention to where you would have me be. And you do the next thing. But you want to get rid of that guck inside you so you have a clear mind, clear head, and you can go on. And the thing is, too, is that I find, especially in my recovery, was was humility. And the humility came from admitting when I'm when I do things that are wrong or when I hurt someone or I've left out at someone to make an amends as quickly as possible. Yeah. The quicker you do that, the quicker you're going to have peace and you're going to be happy. And- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I think you sort of are able to forgive yourself as well and just realize that you're human and, you know, um, you can't be perfect all the time. And so it's this uh, feeling like you have to be a perfectionist all of the time. So some of us just stop trying because it becomes exhausting. And when you realize that it's okay to make those mistakes and, and it's all part of learning, it's all part of the journey. And there's, it's never too late to say you're sorry and to make amends and that sort of thing. Then it makes everything less stressful. You don't have to have a perfect day and be the perfect person, the perfect mom, the perfect um partner in a relationship and these sorts of things so um yeah absolutely (laughs) perfection is impossible that's in the book actually progression not perfection yeah absolutely progress is so important to 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 make sure you are progressing because as a person like me or any kind of addict if you stay like that and you don't go like this what will happen is you'll go like that you'll go down I, that's my experience with people that don't continue to to keep learning, keep getting better. I see they, they go down really fast. You cannot get complacent. And Anna cannot get complacent. They've got to be uncomfortable, getting uncomfortable. Somehow, some way, you know, doing something different, you know, changing it up, finding a mentor, a coach, you know. Yeah. yeah. Finding your passion, I think, um, really helps as well. That really empowers you, especially when you're really down or feeling stuck. Just giving yourself that moment to asking those questions, figuring out what you really want to be doing, um, figuring out something that you're passionate about. And that can really pull you out of that deep, dark um, abyss that you might feel like you're stuck in sometimes. Um, for sure. Um, do you have a particular client that you've worked with? Um, any inspirational stories or anything interesting? I do. I have a lot of them, but one in particular I do have to, he is, I worked with him for four years. He was, he's an engineer and he, you know, he's got an engineering firm and he was uh, 65 pounds overweight. He was in a very bad place emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, he's, he kind of put God aside and, um, you know, he was borderline addictive to, um, alcohol, drugs, the whole shebang. And he totally turned his life around like an absolute miracle. He didn't go through the 12 steps, but I kind of, so I was training him. He did my life coaching program and he just trained, I watched him transform in front of me. Not only physically with a 65 pound weight loss, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, he he developed this relationship with God where God became number one. And he be like, he's literally like a man of God. He went from this man, this worldly man, you know, the crazy life and the, Mm -hmm. to 
this beautiful spiritual man and he his his whole if you if you've seen the physical not only like the weight loss but his whole face transformed because you, you could see the light in him mm-hmm. his love for people came out his love obviously for god and that and he just and he just constantly humbled himself he would have yeah that's just one of the um stories that i have okay great so he really just found something to believe in and um and that really helped um uh, inspire him i suppose fitness and mindset was key prayer all he was open to everything he did tapping with me he did meditation with me he was open because he wanted to make the changes and that was that you know when you're open and you're willing to do the work because this is work if you're yeah. in a place and it's not a happy place right now in your life and you are a little bit hopeless it, it takes work i'm not going to tell you it's not and you've yeah. got to be willing to do the work but when mm-hmm. you do Oh my gosh, is there a, there is a reward on the other side. You'll live a life that you never thought possible. You have a happiness and peace that you never thought and your relationships will be beautiful. I mean, you still have to work at them, but they will be beautiful loving relationships. Yeah, and the two things that stood out with uh what you were talking about um were that it's work that you have to realize that you know this is something that's worth it but it's going to be hard and you've got to you know stay committed and that it it benefits to have a coach or a mentor someone that's going to help you guide you through those tough times to keep you motivated and keep you on on that path um to keep putting the work in and so thank you so much Tracy that was great and um if anyone wants to get in touch with Tracy Chilati you can find her on social media and of course you can always email me 